Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Testing, testing, check, check, check. Hello there, this is funny lady Judith Lucy. Hi, this is Joel Creasy. Hey, this is Fiona O'Loughlin. Hi guys, McLaughlin here, that would be of the Craig variety. Hi, this is Shana Blaze. Hello, this is Tom Ballard. Hi, this is Melissa Capp. G'day, this is Scamo, Scott Morrison. Hi, this is Reese Nicholson. Hi, Gina Liano from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Hi, this is Reese Mastin. Hi, this is JC Fox. This is Kathy Griffin. Hey, this is Todd McCollum. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic. Hello everybody, it's Omar Rudberg, and you're listening to the Troy Murphy Show. Troy Murphy laughing at me in the other studio. Oh, he's dancing to my radio vet. Hello, Troy. The last couple of shows I've listened to the Troy Murphy show, I've nearly had a couple of accidents because my eyes have been watering with laughter so much. Is it me? Am I the problem? Surely I can't be the only one that thinks that the world is going bananas. With doctors last summer claiming the term morbidly obese to be ditched. Look, I understand morbidly obese is not a glamorous term, but unlike the morbidly obese lifestyle, one should not have to sugarcoat everything to explain that it's problematic. He's ready for his close-up. It's the Troy Murphy Show. Ladies, gentlemen, them, they, and all, welcome to the Troy Murphy Show. I'm, of course, your host, Troy Murphy, and this, as the name suggests, is the Troy Murphy Show. Yes, that's right. It's that glorious time of the week again, Thursday nights from 7pm, when the Troy Murphy Show graces the jobless are Ben with the airways for an exciting adventure of talk until 8pm. Ooh, said that a bit too quick. The Troy Murphy Show is a Sutherland Shire's very own opinion and news talk show. Covering everything from the fun news to the serious news. We talk what's trending and what's happening locally. It's a show with something for everyone for your Thursday night. Except for music. If you're after music, well, that's not what happens here on a talk show. Anyway, plenty of music coming up after the show. So, thank you, my friends, for tuning in today, this Thursday, the fourth day of January 2024, which is officially National Trivia Day. And with that, welcome to this one and only over-opinionated talk show where here comes the disclaimer. The opinions presented on this show are that of my own and not the view of the stations or any other presenter. On the show this week, the changes to vaping laws, the annual Australia Day drama has begun, you know, changing the date stuff. The Mickey Mouse copyright law change, we'll take a look at that. Woke TikTok continues to go preferred pronoun crazy and a new permission trend where one hairdresser is now asking clients if it's okay to touch their hair before a haircut. Mm, The world is going bananas, I tell you. Bananas, as well as the quick quiz, which is perfect for National Trivia Day, Sutherland Shire local news, what's on across the Shire, plus so much more. Let's dive headfirst into this week's show, my friends without any safety gear on, of course, because that's how we do things here on The Troy Murphy Show, responsibly, with the intent to have fun, to entertain, to educate, and to share my opinions of the news of the day. Don't try this at home. 
Welcome to another year of the Troy Murphy Show. As we kick off the show this week, (laughs) we're not going to break tradition because we like the tradition here on the Troy Murphy Show, and that is to take a critical look at the government and what they're doing. January 1, New Year's Day, but it's also a weird day because it marks the day, the beginning of the Albanese Labor government's Australia-wide national crackdown on disposable vapes. A move aimed at curbing the rising trend of nicotine dependency, especially among teenagers. Well, that's what they're alleging. They're alleging that this ban is all about when somebody think of the children. Yes, but it's not because, well, regular listeners to the show will have heard me rant on about this before and my opinions on this. I will do it again in this one, but I don't fully believe the government when they say that this ban is all about the children. I'm not saying that something doesn't have to be done about smoking, especially with our youth, but I'm not saying... Well, what I am saying, sorry, is that I don't think the government is entirely being truthful with all of its reasoning reasoning but let's take a look at smoking among teenagers especially vaping the statistics tell us vaping among 15 to 17 year olds more than doubled between 2021 and 2022 increasing from 7.6% to nearly 15%. I'd hate to think what happened between 2022 and 2023 as we are now in 2024. There's a lot of 20s in that little sentence. But over 3.5 million Australians aged 14 and over engage in smoking or vaping. There is a noticeable rise in these statistics among among the younger demographics. Approximately one third of people under 30 have used e-cigarettes and 14% report current vaping habits. I've got a funny feeling those statistics are a lot higher than what we are being told. And for the record, I should really say or state my bias in this topic. I am one of those on-again, off-again smokers, have been for most of my adult life. And until these Christmas holidays, when I did a horrific detox uh, in preparation for this government's all-out ban on vaping, and for my health too, I gave up vaping. I'd only been vaping for a couple of months due to... See, it's one of these things that I don't think a lot of people understand. For a lot of smokers, it's a... It, it becomes a, a go-to mechanism during times of stress. And at times of strength, stress, I go to nicotine and vaping. But I have found that vaping a lot better than smoking, not only financially but health-wise. But that's a different story because the story is <laughs> the ban. The ban on vapes. The first phase of the national crackdown involves a ban on importing single-use vapes. That happened January 1. So no more importing legally, although it's not legal to do as it is at the moment, but no more ba- no more 
No more importing of single-use vapes into the country from January 1. 10 News. Our good friends at 10 News did a story on the ban on New Year's Eve. Let's take a listen to what they had to say. The new year brings a new crackdown on vaping. Starting tomorrow, some of the world's strictest rules around vapes will become law. Importing vapes containing nicotine are banned across the country and soon smokers won't be able to buy disposable vapes without a prescription. The medical community welcomes the crackdown, saying a new generation's health is plummeting. Data shows 14% of teenagers have used vapes and 20% of Aussies aged 18 to 24 are consistently using the product. What's intriguing about all of this is how this crackdown is already shadowed by vaping's dubious legality and rampant black market. Ironically, since mid-2021, buying or importing nicotine vapes without a prescription has been illegal. Yet, this hasn't slowed down vaping's popularity. This is all thanks to the flourishing black market and mislabeled products. The new regulations aim to tighten this loophole with disposable high nicotine content vapes being the prime target. They're those flavoured ones that you keep seeing. Now, uh, look, I don't know how effective, I, I don't know what these new laws aimed at, or new regulations aimed at tightening the loopholes are exactly, but give me a break. Give me a break. I know several shops just in our local area where I can go right now and get one of these flavoured disposable single-use vapes. They have the menu on the counter in front of you. And in saying that, the Albanese Labor government's intent to all this is clear. Let me read it. <laughs> Their intent is to diminish the appeal of vapes, especially those flavorfully designed, which is drawing in the younger crowd. Now, we all remember when vapes became, well, the popularity of vapes rose. They were, they were portrayed as uh, an aid for quitting smoking. And if you do a little bit of research online, you will find that some of the smoke, the tobacco companies have been involved in the rise of the popularity of vapes. So they become more of a, a gateway to nicotine addiction for teenagers as opposed to their initial reason for introduction was to help people quit smoking. But it's not just that. It's not just the addiction that we should be worried about when it comes to these flavours. It's also the fact that they are a lot cheaper. For a pack-a-day smoker, let's do the math. A pack-a-day smoker pays about $50 a day for their habit. That's about $350 per week. Now, the same pack-a-day smoker based off puff average, the vapes are worked out on percent of number of puffs. Uh, the same pack-a-day smoker will use just one of the larger vapes in the same week period at a cost of about $30. $350 a week versus 
$30 a week. That's why I, I, I don't believe the stats when they are so low with a percentage of people vaping as opposed to smoking. Now tell me, tell me again, this is where we can put our tinfoil hats on again. Tell me why there has been in a, a raise in popularity in vapes. Well, I think it's not just the flavors and it being cool with young kids. I think there's a price factor to it all. I don't believe for a second that the government's sole reason for this crackdown on vaping to make it illegal has got anything to do or is just simply, simply focused on uh, the teenagers and their health. It's probably got something to do with the, what I believe, 21% plus tax that the government rakes in from each packet of cigarettes and the government not wanting their precious tax dollars taken from them as people move away from cigarettes into the cheaper alternative of vaping. But that's potentially another topic for another day and also why I can't take this government stance on tobacco seriously. But back to what's happening in the here and now. The vaping. The vaping and the government's strategy, which from what I've done in my research, have discovered that it's a multi-pronged strategy. Alongside the uh, the import ban, there will be more streamlined processes to be introduced for prescribing therapeutic vapes by doctors, of which you can only get a vape if you've got a prescription. I remember when that, that first came in. <laughs> that was made, you can only get vapes if you get a, uh, a prescription. Never happened. That kept being sold. <laughs> and whilst this all sounds well and good, despite health professionals and concerned parents of teen vapors welcoming their these changes, not all, including myself, are convinced of the effectiveness that these changes will bring in, with some industry voices calling for a regulated, licensed approach rather than just an outright ban believing it could better, still better serve adult smokers trying to quit. I don't understand why the government would actively, I do understand, but let's try and be reasonable here. I don't understand why a government wouldn't try to make it harder for adults to quit cigarettes. Now, despite the difference in views and opinions, one thing is clear. Something does need to be done about the increasing trends of vaping among teenagers but the question does remain, will these measures be enough to steer the youth away from the lure of flavoured vapes? Or will the underground market find yet another way around government regulation? At the end of the day, <laughs> it's almost comedical. Is that even a word? Who cares? It is now. That a product initially marketed as a device to help smokers stop smoking has now spiraled into a national health concern, especially among those who probably never even touched a cigarette or could afford to. Let's keep an eye on this one because I've got a funny feeling, even though the ban is now in force, we're gonna be talking about this one for much, much more time to come. Stay tuned.
More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. Whether you're growing older, rehabilitating or living with a disability, help is always here at AidaCare. Our new showroom in Sylvania isn't the only reason people choose AidaCare. It's also the information you gain from a chat with our people. Stay informed about the latest equipment, streamlined procedures and funding options available to you by calling 1300 133 120 or visiting adacare.com.au. AidaCare is a registered NTIS provider, home care supplier and DVA specialist and is a proud sponsor of 2SSR. In Australia, only 13% of people keep fish. 9% of households without a pet and 17% with a pet are interested in keeping fish. The three reasons they don't keep fish are that they think it is harder, more expensive and more time consuming than it is. All three reasons are a myth depending on what setup you choose. A simple tropical setup is actually the easiest and cheapest pet you can get. Hop in and visit us at Majestic Aquarium's Tarrant Point or follow us on our social media and learn how far fish keeping has come in the last few years. Majestic Aquariums are proud sponsors of 2SR. 2SR can help you promote your business with an innovative and inexpensive marketing plan. Our in-house team will help you design a campaign, voice the audio, and give it the professional production values you need. To find out more, call us on 9545 1800 or email info at 2 to organise a talk with our experienced marketing team. Hi, it's Kale. Hope you can join me for Friday Night Live every Friday from 7 to 9pm for a mix of pop and indie music, interviews with interesting people and all the music and entertainment news from the Shire, Sydney and beyond. Friday Night Live, 7pm on 2SR 99.7 FM. I'll see you there. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show on 2SR FM. Now let's take a look at what's happening around our Sutherland Shire. Well, this certainly caught my eye as something completely different. Tuesday, the 9th of January from 8pm to 9pm, you can join the Sutherland Shire Bush Care Team for spotlighting at the Green Hills Wetland. Let me read what it says about the event. Join the invasive species team for an insight into their priority weed and pest animal program while exploring the surrounding area. If you go on the walk, uh, you'll observe native frogs, hopefully spot some turtles and mammals as well. You are asked to bring your own torches and children under the age of 18 are to be accompanied by an adult and of course enclosed shoes are necessary it's all taking place at the green hills wetland opposite 109 green hills street you have to reserve a spot though so head to the sutherlandshire.nsw.gov.au website for more details under the CBAA Code 3, General Programming, news, current affairs, documentaries, feature programs and interviews shall provide access to views not adequately represented by other broadcasting sectors. And that's what you get on The Troy Murphy Show. Enough already! We need to stop having the same conversation each year. And when I say conversation, I use that term 
lightly. It's a debate every year, a tiresome debate around our national day, that being January 26, Australia Day. As soon as the ball drops on New Year, the Australia Day debate kicks off and it's tiresome. And whilst I do understand the cultural sensitivities for our Indigenous population around the date, is it just me? Or whilst there are some who are deeply affected by this, there's a majority year on year who just use this to weaponize their victimhood. Anyway, maybe it's time. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Let's spend, waste another $400 million (laughs) on a referendum so that all Australians can finally have their say on whether we change the date or we keep the date of our national holiday, Australia Day. Now, FYI, I'm okay for us to change the date. I'm also okay if we leave the date. I don't mind. It's nice. The timing is perfect. You know, you have New Year's. There's a few weeks of getting back into work, kind of. Then there's Australia Day. other weekend off. It's perfect. Great time for summer. I love it. But I'm only okay to change the date for several reasons. One, if it genuinely means we are being culturally sensitive to our Indigenous. Two... We stop having this damn conversation year on year. Like there's no point in changing the the, the day if those who are against January 26th being Australia Day then go on to argue against Australia Day on a different date. And three, Australia Day is no longer used as a woke agenda bandwagon divisive attack on the country as a whole but (laughs) there's always a but Hmm. Uh, what i get annoyed about is uh this year's uh what i'm most annoyed about i should say is this year's stealth attack stealth mode attack on australia day and changing the date with the ruse of not officially wanting to change the date by our current government, the Albanese Labor government. I will get to that in a minute. But first, where does Australia sit on changing the day? Let's try and look at the facts because we like the facts. The facts are good. We can base base opinion on facts. According to the polls... (laughs) That's almost hypocritical there. Let's look at the facts according to the polls. Well, you can loosely base the truth on the polls. The general trend of 2023 last year is that overall there is growing support for changing the the date of Australia Day from January 26th. A Roy Morgan survey in 2023 found that approximately 64% of Australians believe the date should be changed. A news.com a poll found in 2023 that nearly two-thirds of Australians prefer January 26 to be known as Australia Day rather than Invasion Day. Mm. 
And a guard, let's go back in time, a Guardian Essential poll in 2022 found that nearly 60% of respondents either supported changing the day or wished to keep it but establish a separate day to recognise Indigenous Australians. And just to show just how much things have changed over the past three years, uh, an IPA polling in 2019 found that 75% of Australians polled agreed that Australia Day should be celebrated on January 2016. So let's look at that. In 2019, 75% of Australians said yes to Australia Day being on January 26. In 2022, 60% of respondents uh, supported changing the day. And last year, 64% of Australians believe that the date should change. That's a huge huge change in a matter of few years on whether the date should be changed with the majority of Australians thus far uh, supporting a change of date. But, and, well, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure this is only going to be the beginning of what we are going to see this year is, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw in the news, but 80 Australian local councils have decided to cancel their Australia Day citizenship ceremonies, a move that has stirred both political and public discourse. This decision follows the Albanese Labor government's repeal of a rule mandating these ceremonies be held on January 26, Australia Day. That is citizenship ceremonies, when non-citizens become citizens of this nation on our nation's day of celebration. Seems logical, doesn't it? Anyway, last year only four councils opted out of the January 26 ceremonies, but now, this year, at least 81 have joined the ranks. Now, oh, I've done some research of those opting out, and yes, let's put the tinfoil hat on here for this bit. The vast majority of these councils, including the City of Sydney, heavily supported the yes vote in the Voice to Parliament referendum. See connection here? Yeah, a referendum that was by far majority voted against. Keeping the tinfoil hat on, do you think these councils <laughs> saying no to officially welcoming new citizens to the country on Australia's National Day, Australia Day, therefore watering down the celebrations of Australia Day. Do you think it's, this is their, their their subtle FU to the country for voting no? Well, if the shoe fits. The Liberal Opposition's Shadow Minister for Immigration and Citizenship, Dan Tian, has argued that the Labor government is subtly undermining Australia Day suggesting a hidden agenda to eventually abolish it. The government, however, maintains that no changes are being made to the National Day itself, saying officially, and I quote from Citizenship Minister Andrew Giles, that, quote, the Albanese government has no plan to change the date of Australia Day. I look forward to welcoming new citizens at ceremonies in the coming weeks, including on Australia Day. Oh. Really? The contention lies. The, uh, 
not only in the act of cancelling these ceremonies, but also in the perceived intentions behind it. The question arises, is this a covert operation to shift the significance of Australia Day or simply a move towards an autonomy for local councils? Good question. Big question. Difficult one to answer. Well, just like The Voice was not an issue for, or should have been not an issue for local council, Australia Day celebrations and citizenship ceremonies should always be run by local councils for the people who pay their rates to fund these local councils to run these Australia Day events. Now, of course, this development has a uh, has varied acceptance across states. With no surprise, Victoria has led the number of councils dropping the ceremonies, closely followed by New South Wales. The controversy is not just about the cancellation of the ceremonies, but also about the symbolic value of January 26 as Australia Day. Local councils, corporations and community groups should not dictate at all the observance of national celebrations. Australia Day, January 26, is our current national day. It's fitting for new citizens to pledge their loyalty and become new citizens on this date. So while it's clear that Australia Day remains on January 26, the recent action of local councils and the Albanese Labor government's stance has sparked debate that's far from over. It's a little bit ironic. Amidst the efforts to uphold tradition and not change Australia Day, the Albanese Labor government has inevitably laid the groundwork for Australia Day to change. As always, look at what they do and not what they say. They've changed the law, but they still say, we're not changing Australia Day, but they've changed the law. Look at what they do, not what they say. It's much like their failed attempt to uh, of the voice to parliament. Don't worry about the detail they said. We'll figure that out later. Trust us. Yeah. The deception from this government is unbelievable. They are treating Australians like mugs and taking advantage of those who, in their own minds, want to do the right thing. The Albanese Labor government are putting their own narrative on the objective of people who want to do the right thing by... Uh, cultural appropriation and 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 the, the, the what happened culturally to the indigenous Australians, they've put their narrative on this to achieve their own agenda that is clearly not in the best interest for all. Change the date or leave it alone. We need to make a decision and a final one. Bring on a referendum. Who cares about another four hundred million dollars in a cost of living crisis? Hashtag that is a rant over. It's time to take a look at the news that broke across the Sutherland Shire this week. That's right. Let's take a look at the news breaking closer to home. A 25-year-old spear fisherman was fined $500 after allegedly killing a protected blue groper, possibly the well-known Gus at Oak Park. The incident occurred at around 5pm on December 30 and was responded to by the Marine Area Command. The fish was not found at the scene. Blue gropers are a protected species and spearfishing them can attract a maximum penalty of $22,000 and six months in jail. 
New warning signs about spearfishing restrictions were recently installed in the area. The Department of Primary Industries is investigating the alleged killing of the protected blue groper. Also in Sutherland Shire local news, our council has dismissed claims that the Prince Edward Park footbridge in the Warrenora, regularly used by school children, is at risk of collapsing. A local resident has raised concerns about the bridge's condition, citing rust and overstress, and criticised the council for inadequate maintenance since 2020. The council has since responded by noting that it has engaged a specialist consultant for the bridge's future overhaul in the 2025-26 Capital Works program. The council has assured that immediate repairs, including to the concrete pylons, have been done to maintain structural integrity. Six months after their reintroduction, 10 platypuses are flourishing in the Royal National Park, marking their return after a 50-year absence. Nine of these animals are adapting well to their new environment, monitoring through acoustic tags. One platypus has moved beyond tracking range, but it is believed to be safe. The project involving the Platypus Conservation Initiative, WWF Australia, New South Wales National Parks Wildlife Service and Taronga Conservation Society aims to preserve the park's biodiversity and ensure the platypus population's long-term success. And finally, in Sutherland Shire local news, starting January 1, a $60 weekly toll cap is in effect for Sydney drivers. Eligible New South Wales residents who are private motorists with a personal toll account and spend at least $60 per week on tolls can claim a rebate of up to $340 from April 2024. And that, my friends, is Sutherland Shire local news. You're tuned in to The Troy Murphy Show, the most listened to show on 2SSR 99.7 FM. It's time for the quick quiz now here on The Troy Murphy Show. Now, we're changing the quick quiz this week. It's not going to be as quick as usual. It's just going to be quick. That doesn't quite make sense, but run with it because normally we do five questions as part of the quick quiz i've been listening to the requests everyone wants a longer quiz so we're gonna do 10 questions on the quick quiz this week the rules are the same i asked the question you've got three seconds to correctly guess the answer before it is revealed and because the answers are revealed I want you to let me know, the honour system is in play, how many you got correct by messaging me on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page with how many you got correct, and then I will reply, as always, with those cute little trophy emojis with how many you got correct. All right, rules out of the way, let's begin. Are you ready to play? Question number one. What is the de facto official language of Mexico? The answer we're looking for is Spanish. Ole! Is that right? Who knows? I probably just made a fool of myself. Question number two. What word rhyming with punch 
is the synonym for inkling. That's a difficult one. What word rhyming with punch is a synonym for inkling? The answer, hunch. Question number three. Which TV sitcom starring Candace Bergen was briefly rebooted in 2018? I'll give you a hint. My last name and her character's first name are the same. The answer in three seconds time. The answer we're looking for is Murphy Brown. Question number four. What is the name of the process by which plants convert sunlight into nutrients? Photosynthesis is the correct answer. If you guessed that, two thumbs up to you. Question number five. We're at the halfway point. Which classic 1977 album by Fleetwood Mac is one of the best-selling albums of all time? And while you're trying to guess, I'll give you a couple of extra seconds because I want to interject in here and say it is the best album of all time. But that's just my opinion. It's not part of the actual question. Which classic 1977 album by Fleetwood Mac is one of the best-selling albums of all time? Three beeps and the answer will be revealed. The answer we're looking for is rumours. Question number six. In a manual car, which of the three pedals is typically furthest left? The clutch petal. Question number seven. Something near impossible to find is said to be like a needle in what? Something near impossible to find is said to be a like a needle in a haystack is the answer we're looking for. A haystack. Question number eight. Axel Rose is best known as the lead singer of which band? The correct answer is Guns and Roses, which takes us to question number nine. What popular card game includes cards such as Skip, Reverse, Draw Two, and wild. Uno or you know. I'm not quite sure on the, the correct pronunciation of that. It seems to differ like tomato and tomato. Uno and you know. <laughs> the final question, question number 10. Which of these singers grew up living on a Christmas tree farm? Is it a. Kelly Clarkson, B. Katy Perry, or C. Taylor Swift. Multiple choice question there. Which one of these singers grew up living on a Christmas tree farm? A. Kelly Clarkson, B. Katy Perry, or C. Taylor Swift. The answer in three seconds time. 
The answer we're looking for is C, Taylor Swift. Who knew? And there we have it. That's the quick quiz. How'd you do? Send us a message on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page. Search the Troy Murphy Show. Click the message button. Let me know how many questions you answered correct. And I will reply with the trophy emojicon. One trophy emojicon for every answer you guessed correct. Stick around. Plenty more Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. Stay tuned. More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. IRT Thomas Holt has been caring for older people for over 50 years. As experts in residential aged care, we specialise in general, respite, dementia and palliative care, providing professional and compassionate care with a personal touch. Visit one of our aged care centres across the Sutherland Shire, meet our friendly, experienced team and discover the modern facilities and welcoming atmosphere of our community. To book a tour or for more information, visit irtthomasholt.org.au. Proud sponsors of 2SSR. Have you ever thought about the life you want to lead in retirement? How much will you need to save to achieve it? And will your superannuation be enough? A little bit of planning now can help you reach your retirement goals. At GJ Private Wealth, we take a customised approach to your retirement planning. Our expert team of qualified advisors will work with you to understand your personal situation and retirement goals to provide you with a personalised plan to help you get there. Speak to one of our advisors today by calling 02-8539-7999 or visit www.gjprivatewealth.com.au. GJ Private Wealth are authorised representatives of AMP Financial Planning and are proud sponsors of 2SSR. Would you like to be involved in your local not-for-profit radio station? Would you like to become a 2SSR volunteer with the opportunity to be a presenter, provide office support or help with community events? If you would like to be part of the 2SSR family, call us on 9545 1800 or go to our website 2 and click on Membership to download the application form. Keeping it smooth in the Shire for over 20 years. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Will Downey. Free thing I miss. Albright. Brand new heavies. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Sunday, 6pm for The Drive Home on FM 99.7. Get in touch. Send an email. Troy.Murphy at 2SSR.com.au Picture this. It's the 1920s. Jazz is roaring. Flapper dresses are in. And a little mouse named Mickey makes his screen debut in Steamboat Willie. Now, fast forward to 2024, and this iconic mouse has now officially scurried into the public domain. Yes, that's right. Mickey Mouse, or at least his earliest incarnation, is now officially everyone's mouse to freely use. 
That didn't sound right, but anyway, let's move on. So what does this mean for Disney? The news that broke this week, the longtime gatekeeper of the House of Mouse. Well, for starters, Disney is probably not going to throw a cheese-filled party over this news. They've held on to Mickey Mouse tighter than Scrooge McDuck clings onto his first dime. But now artists, creators, and maybe even your next-door neighbour who's a little bit too good at arts and crafts can use the original Mickey Mouse design without fear of a copyright lawsuit. Hey, we might even change the Troy Murphy Show logo to include a mouse like Mickey. Probably not, because that would be Mickey Mouse. (laughs) See what I did? Never mind. Now, Disney. Let's get some facts out. Disney still holds the rights to the modern Mickey Mouse design. You know, the one that looks like he's had a few more cheeseburgers than the one in the 1920s and a little bit less worried about life. But the original Mickey, the one who steered that boat and whistled a tune, is now up for grabs. While this might seem like a small setback for a giant like Disney, it's a huge leap for creative freedom. It's like giving a painter a new colour or a chef a new spice to cook with. Expect to see Mickey Mouse popping up in all unexpected places from here on in, from street art to indie films, all legally and without the hovering fear of a Disney lawsuit. And we've all been said. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly speaking from experience. Well, not a lawsuit, maybe just, well, no, it was just a, a cease and desist letter. Anyway, Mickey's out of the vault and he's ready to play. And I can't wait to see the creativity that comes from it. But, you know, I'm sure some of you out there are going, oh, poor Disney. You know, they're, they're losing the what made them Mickey Mouse. Well, don't feel bad for Disney for several reasons. Firstly... <laughs> Their popularity, aside from Mickey Mouse, but generations afterwards, was based off... Well, the, the backbone of their popularity came from adapting previously run-out copyright characters and stories. Don't believe me? Well, it's true. Let me go through a bit of a list. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937, a tale from the Brothers Grimm. Pinocchio, 1940. Cinderella, 1950. Alice in Wonderland, 1951. Peter Pan, 1953. Sleeping Beauty, 1959. The Little Mermaid, 1989. Beauty and the Beast, 1991. Aladdin, 1992. Just to name a few. The second reason why we shouldn't feel bad about Disney for this one, or over this one, Disney has, well, they've used their influence a lot over time to get what they want. And they did so some time ago to extend copyright law. Yes, they've used their influence to... Well, it's a, it's a bit of a weird law because it's called a couple, a couple things. It was originally the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act, 
which is also known as the Copyright Term Extension Act and now more colloquially known as the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Originally under US copyright law, the Mickey Mouse character who first appeared in the 1928 film Steamboat Willie had a copyright protection for 56 years, which would have expired in 1984. The Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act enacted in 1998 extended copyright terms in the US significantly. It retained the copyright to the author's lifetime plus 70 years for individual works. For corporate works, the extension was for 95 years from publication or 120 years from creation, whichever is shorter. So Disney's used its power to extend the laws of copyright to benefit themselves in keeping the copyright Mickey. Look, to be honest, I don't know of anyone who would logically try to adapt or use the original Mickey Mouse in any form whilst Disney is still around. Pretty sure <laughs> Disney fans would come after them pretty quick. Anyway, Disney's motivation for changing the copyright laws, well, it was to push the... Uh, well, the push to extend the copyright laws was largely motivated to uh, uh, by its desire to retain control over its most iconic character, Mickey Mouse. Now, by the time the act was passed, Mickey Mouse was nearing the end of his then current copyright term, which gave his copyright a few extra years to live on. The extension effectively day delayed the entry of Mickey Mouse along with many other works from the same era into the public domain. Although, look, sidetrack for a second, we did see when the copyright for Winnie the Pooh was, uh, came up that a horror movie <laughs> was made. Still haven't seen it yet. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, but I, I would really like to... I, it's on my bucket list of things to see, and I hope some creative body out there does the same thing with Mickey Mouse. Could you imagine it? A black and white Mickey Mouse horror story. Oh, it's perfect. It had to have the shower uh, scene from Psycho. <laughs> so for Disney, the start of 2024 is a reminder that even the mightiest empires can't hold on to everything forever. And as for Mickey, well, he's just getting started on a brand new adventure, isn't he? This time with the whole world at the helm. See what I did there? Reference step back to the helm of Steamboat. Willie, never mind. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. Get social with The Troy Murphy Show. Join The Troy Murphy Show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You know, we've been in a bit of a no-man's-land crazy world when it comes to the news of late. So, you know, Christmas, New Year, going back to work, no one really cares what happens in the world. So you may have missed this one that just came out before Christmas. 
as we head to the US of A for some weird, wacky, and wonderful news from around the world. Three days before Christmas, US transgender actress Tommy Dorfman from Netflix fame of the TV series 13 Reasons Why posted a video to her TikTok alleging that a Delta Airlines staff member misgendered her while she was at the airport. The argument Dorfman had at the LaGuardia Airport in New York went viral on her TikTok page and has sparked a tense debate online. Mm. In the clip, the actress films the Delta Airlines staff and claims that they had intentionally misgendered her. Let's take a listen to the audio now. And what about when an adult employee misgenders you intentionally? While he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. Sorry. Wasn't intentional, but if you yeah. want to take it personal, that's also. Well, she did do it intentionally twice. Okay, so you're talking to me too. You said she, and then you said he. You're being condescending, and if you want to continue, Ooh. I have full authority escort you out the building right this moment if you want to play that game with me. Okay. So would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. I'm good. I'll just put this on. Can we insert an applause at the end of that track? No. Uh, look, really. What I hear in that clip is an accident followed by a quick correction and an apology followed by a person instantly playing the victim card for being misgendered despite a reasonable attempt by the airline staff to correct the mistake. We live in turbulent times, ladies, gentlemen, them, they and all, just to play the um, pronoun game. Changing pronouns are part of our lives. And in some cases, there is, there is deliberate misgendering. Unfortunately, of late, especially on social media platforms like TikTok, where we're seeing what's almost become a sport for some in the pronoun changing as well as transgender communities to film catching a person misgendering them and calling them out for it on social media for social media clout and to play the victim card, as seen in this case. Kudos to the Delta Airlines staff member for standing up for himself in this case, clarifying that it was a simple mistake and stating that continued unreasonable harassment of him being the Delta Airlines staff member over the accident, accidental use of pronoun would result in the Netflix actor being removed from the airport. I've said it before and and I'll say it again. If you want to identify differently for whatever reason, go ahead, be it a pineapple, be it a cat, be it a clown, as we've seen people pop up choosing as their pronouns and identities of late, by all means, do it. And of course, I support transgender women as transgender women. And I hope that genuine transgender women go through life without being misgendered or dead named deliberately. But sometimes accidents do happen. This community has to bring people along with them, of which I am, look, I am part of this community. It's an umbrella community, the LGBT plus community. We're all part of it. 
But anyway, feeling a little bit more distance as time goes on from the rest of the alphabet soup as anyway, things like this happen. But you've got to bring people along with you. It's the same that happened with same-sex marriage. We brought people along with us to support the cause. Calling people out in some sort of weird ritualistic sports attempt for clout and victimhood is not going to garnish support. If it means you have to correct a few people along the way with how you identify, then so be it. Such is life. You're outside the norm. Getting mad and filming it for content and internet clout and outrage only damages the movement you are trying to progress. For a very small community that needs all the support it can, do better. Hashtag rant over. The Troy Murphy Show. It's an opinion show like no other, only on 2SSR 99.7 FM. Weird, wacky, wonderful news time here on The Troy Murphy Show, where we're about to go into the dangerously delusional, woke world of TikTok for the latest madness taking a chokehold on society by overcomplicating the basic of all things with the delusion of elevating common courtesy to a level where even Emily Post would roll her eyes in disbelief. And if you don't know who Emily Post is, look her up. <laughs> okay, to TikTok, where from what I understand... A popular hairdresser has gone super viral by starting her video and hair cutting uh, session. Is that the appropriate? To, I don't know. Hair cut. Hair is being cut. That's what I'm calling it. By not only asking her client for their pronouns. Fair enough. That ridiculous ship has uh, well has already seemed to have set sailed in society but also ask permission to touch her client's hair. Yeah. Let's take a listen and uh, pay attention because the clip is very short. Okay, is it okay if I touch you? Yeah. Okay, cool. And what are your pronouns? They, them. She, they. I'm glad we exchanged those. Yes. Okay. What, what, what the fire truck what? Let's have a listen to that. Again, just in case you missed it. Okay, is it okay if I touch you? Yeah. Okay, cool. And what are your pronouns? They, them. She, they. I'm glad we exchanged those. Yes. Okay. I'm glad we exchanged those. Oh, wonderful. The video that goes for more than four minutes, don't worry. <laughs> I won't put you through the trauma of having to watch all four minutes. I went through it enough. That's enough. Sorry, I went through it. That's enough for all of us. <laughs> has had almost 400,000 likes and 20,000 comments, mostly comments in disbelief. But it's also being credited as being a progressive step forward in society, underscoring a significant shift towards greater respect for personal boundaries and autonomy within service-orientated professions. 
showcasing a shift in the younger generation's expectations regarding interpersonal interactions and professional etiquette. If I could swear right now, I would politely tell this whole situation where to go. It's ridiculous. Could you imagine if this became a new norm for all industries across the board, having to ask permission for the obvious? But let's unpack the ridiculousness for this all. Traditionally, in the hairdressing industry, physical contact is a given. It's an it's it's the nature of the job that requires stylists or hairdressers, whatever you want to call yourself, to touch their clients' hair and scalp. But now having to ask permission, what happens if someone says no? <laughs> Why did you bother going in for a haircut? You sit in the seat. That is all the consent that is needed to have a stranger that you are paying to cut your hair, to touch your hair. Progressive step forward respecting personal boundaries as this has been labelled by some, my goodness. Look, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not an old prude, getting there, but not there yet. And nor am I a barking right-wing nut job. I understand a greater need for societies overall in seeking consent and respecting an individual's comfort levels, as well as acknowledging the importance of personal space, even in a professional setting. But like I said before, what happens when this madness starts spreading? Every time someone turns the radio on, Imagine this, in, in my case here, on the show. Imagine someone turns the radio on. I have no idea when anyone tunes in or turns out. It's one of the things of radio. We don't know those details. Someone could be tuning in right now. I wonder, would I have to, if this is becoming the new norm, would I have to ask a listener's permission to broadcast my rant of my opinions of the news of the day into their sensitive listening ears. What a joke. What a farce. How stupid society is getting. And of course, the answer to that is no and get stuffed. It's not that I don't care about people's sensitivities and an overall respect for permission and common courtesies, but the common courtesies are going a little bit too far. Society should not have to overcomplicate itself for the next generation's oversensitivities. I blame the parents for this. Gotta blame someone. Blame the parents and the kids being nut jobs too. Should have brought their children up with a stronger backbone, they should have. <laughs> Rather than this continued need that seems to be coming from the younger generation. Now, by all means, happy to have my mind change or someone come onto the program to discuss it further, maybe educate me further on this. Maybe there's something that I need to know and understand better to understand this concept as a whole. But at the moment, no, it's just all ridiculousness. 
this young generation's continued need and desire to play the victim in all aspects of their life has become tiresome. And then in turn, their need to change and force the rest of, the, of society to change to accommodate their victimhood in the case of seeing hairdressers now having to ask permission to touch a client's head and scalp is just beyond ridiculousness. Hashtag that as a rant over. And it's all over just like that. And that's it. The Troy Murphy Show done and dusted for your Thursday night here on 2SR FM. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show or want to listen back again, you can do so by listening on demand by heading to the 2SR.com.au website and clicking on the Troy Murphy Show on the live program guide. If you see any local news, want us to follow up on a story or are a community or non profit organization based in or servicing the Sutherland Shire and want a shout out, email me direct, troy.murphy at 2SR.com.au. I'll be back next week from 7pm for another edition of the Troy Murphy Show. Until next week, my friends, bye for now. 2SR FM 99.7.